Several years ago, when I was basically traveling from church group to church group, one of the topics that they always wanted to know was, will Christians go through the Great Tribulation? And I always told them God had not told me anything about this. Since that time, I believe God has opened my eyes to many scriptures on this subject. Matthew 24, Jesus says, starting at verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not seen since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. It's basically the worst thing that's ever been. It's a judgment from God because of the sin both in the world and in the apostate churches. Verse 22, I think this answers the question of will Christians go through the Great Tribulation and accept those days of the Great Tribulation should be shortened. There should no flesh be saved but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Some of the elect of God will be on this earth when the great tribulation comes. We really don't know any timetable before the great tribulation, the judgment, except Jesus tells us in one place that when you see the leaves begin to come on the trees as little buds, you know that summer is nigh. When we see the sin increased on this earth, we also know the judgment is near. The one thing that will really tell us is there's one plague where the sun turns dark and the moon fails to shine and the stars fall from heaven. This is not a climate control problem. This is the coming of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus, and the Great Tribulation. Now, another thing we don't know about the Great Tribulation is how long each plague will continue. We don't know things like that, except in one case, and the Bible says this one plague will last five months. But some of those other plagues could last years, except the days will be shortened because no flesh would be saved if they weren't shortened. And for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. We are going to begin now with the plagues themselves, as stated in the Bible. It starts at Revelation 
8. If you want to turn there, you can follow along in the Bible as I read. For from this point on, we are going to do several chapters of Revelation. There's an interesting promise from God in Revelation chapter 1, which I'll read to us. Verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Angels of God bring the plagues. They have assignments. The first seven plagues, the angels of God bring those upon the earth. And then seven more angels come, and they have vials of plague that they pour out on the earth. So we have several chapters that I'm going to read, and I hope you will follow along in the Bible. You will have to be patient. You can break these up into sections if you wish to do so. I will read all of them on this podcast. The Great Tribulation, it starts with Revelation chapter 8. And we'll start reading right now with verse 1. And when he, Jesus, had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Then the Apostle John says, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne, the throne of God. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar, and cast it into the earth. And there were voices, and thunderings, and lightnings, and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. And with this is going to come the various plagues of the Great Tribulation. Verse 7. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled 
with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. And I think that means in that third part where that part of the plague has fallen. Verse 8. And the second angel sounded, and, as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures, which were in the sea and had life, died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Verse 10. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Verse 12. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night Likewise, one of our church members had a dream. She, she and her husband were going out to buy a new TV. She got ready before he did, and she was waiting for him at the car. When all of a sudden, the sun went black, just totally black in the middle of the day. She said she was terrified even though she knew what this was because she knows the Bible. She was terrified. She started to run back into the house, and then she realized that won't do any good. And she just fell down on her knees and cried out to God. I had a dream some time ago where the earth slipped on its axis now, that would be the solar system. The earth is placed by God in the solar system and stays there firmly until God speaks and tells it to move. Well, the earth slipped on its axis. People were terrified. The governments of men were meeting with scientists and religious leaders to see what could be done. Nothing can be done when that happens. That is also prophesied in 
Isaiah 13, 13. God says in Isaiah 13, verse 13, Therefore, I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place. In the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. In my dream, the earth slipped on its axis. It moved in the solar system. In this scripture that we're reading, when the fourth angel sounded, the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Jesus describes this in Matthew 24. This problem with the sun not shining, the moon not shining, the stars falling from heaven. And Jesus says, For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. If you are on the earth when this happens, you will know exactly where you are in time. For if the sun goes dark, In the middle of the day, the powers of heaven have been shaken. Verse 13 of Revelation, chapter 8. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, says the Apostle John, saying with a loud voice, Woe! Woe, woe, to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. We've had four plagues brought up on the earth. Three more are coming. And then we have seven additional angels bringing plagues. Revelation 9, and the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power, as scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. 
And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but the Greek tongue hath his name Apollon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes hereafter. Verse 13, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Verse 16, And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand and I heard the number of them and thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of hyacinth and brimstone and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke, and brimstone. Brimstone are little rocks that hurt people. Fire and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed. By the fire, and by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth, and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads, and with them 
they do hurt. And the rest of the men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Verse 21. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Revelation chapter 10. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed, with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he sat his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, says John, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Verse 5, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are therein, and the earth, and the things that are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer, was the end of time. Verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. Revelation 14 And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast, and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. 
verse 11, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Revelation 14, start at verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, says John, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works to follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the wine press, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. The last seven plagues. Revelation 15. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast, 
and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord? and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials, full of the wrath of God, who liveth for ever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Revelation Chapter 16, verse 1. And I, John, heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore. Now the word noisome means a sore with a very bad odor. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. 
for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Verse 15 Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great noise out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. Verse 18, And there were voices, and thunders, and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake, and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Verse 20, And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. 
And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Revelation 18 And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory, says John. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her, even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double. How much she hath glorified herself, and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Verse 9 And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. 
the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls, and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet, and all fine wood, and all manner vessels of ivory, and all manner vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, and iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beast, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men, and the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors and as many as trade by the sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries 
were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Revelation 19 And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hands. And again they said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying 
to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gather to gather to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Revelation chapter 20 And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. That makes such sense to me, because to each of us, when we hear from God, judgment is given to us. It's not our idea, it's from God. So with these, they saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. 
On such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breath of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 11 And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 start at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In 1982, I was reading this section of scripture, and God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. 
They left scriptures because they didn't like to obey the things written in the New Testament Bible. So they set up another doctrine, and their church groups loved that doctrine, for it approved people. When Jesus returns the second time to gather the elect of God, to take them in to heaven, to the new heaven and the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness, Jesus will at that time destroy the apostate churches who have changed the word of God and set up other doctrines in the church. And here is the fate of the destruction of the apostate churches. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Start reading at verse 8. And then, with the second coming of Christ, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We must love the Word of God above everything. We must love the Scriptures. They must rule over us. But many people today don't love the Scriptures. They love their churches. They love their pastors. They love the lie that is being spoken against the Scriptures where sin is approved inside the churches. They love their buildings. They love their stained glass. They love the wood in the buildings and the crosses and all the ornaments. And they love the sin that approves man and causes masses of people to come to their church. And they're proud of the size of their church. And they love that more than the Word of God. The first church that I ever attended after being born again was a little church in Dallas, Texas called Believer's Chapel. I would describe it as having a doctrine somewhere between Church of Christ and Baptist. The pastors at that church were from Dallas Theological Seminary, professors. At the time I first went there in 1975, the pastor, the head pastor from the seminary, was teaching a series of sessions 
saying tongues are of the devil and that they are forbidden in the church. They were for only one short period of time. One day I was reading 1 Corinthians 14 about what should happen in the churches. And I got to the next to the last verse, and here is what it said. Verse 39. Paul says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. At the church I was attending, the pastor from the seminary was teaching exactly the opposite. They were teaching that tongues were of the devil, and they certainly would forbid anyone to speak in tongues at the church. And Paul says, forbid not to speak with tongues. And he had taught what tongues were to be used for in the church earlier in this chapter of 1 Corinthians 14. When I read that, I said, well, I'm not going back to that church. They're teaching exactly the opposite. Yet my best friend and her husband went there. My friends went there. My life was all bound up in that church group. But I love the Word of God, the Scriptures. And I said, I don't care. I'm not going back there where they teach the opposite to Scripture. One little Scripture. That's all it took for me to leave that church. And I told my best friend one day, we were riding down the highway, and I said, oh, by the way, Donna, did you know that Paul said, forbid not to speak with tongues? She put on the brakes and pulled off the side of the road and said to me, let me see that. So I took the little Bible out of my purse. I always carried one of those little tiny black New Testament Bibles. And I turned to it and let her see it. And she said, that is what it says. We drove over to her house. And she said, let's look at every translation of the Bible and see what that says. She had maybe five or six translations. Every one of them said the same thing. Forbid not to speak with tongues. And I said, well, I'm not going back to that church. And she said, neither am I. I left that church when I was a brand new Christian because of the Word of God. To me, the Word of God was more important than anything else. Later, I went to a church called Word of Faith, and I loved those people. And we had many activities. And God gave me a dream. I'll share the dream with you. I call it the poison gas dream. A meeting was going on. I made my way down to the meeting room and sat down and began to listen. It was a small group of people, 
and a man was speaking to this group. A second man rushed in and said, Wait, stop, can't you see? It's already begun. He disappeared, and the first man continued speaking. No one seemed at all interested to see what had already begun, but I was interested. So I looked out the window. There was a tall pole with a civil defense warning system speaker on top of that pole, one of those yellow speakers. It was set there to protect and warn the people. But out of the front of that speaker, I saw coming a gas, and I knew it would kill the people. The speaker that had been set up to warn us was the instrument that was being used to kill us. And I saw that gas coming directly toward those of us who were sitting in that room. I looked to the man's face who was sitting next to me, and I was shocked. He had a big smile on his face. He was looking directly at the man who was speaking to the group. But this man was already dead. He was a corpse. I looked around the room. All the people sitting there were already dead. They had big smiles on their face. They were looking directly at the man who was speaking, but they were dead. And as I sat there among them, I felt myself becoming drowsy. The gas was killing me too as I sat among them. Sometime later, I was at Word of Faith, at church on a Wednesday night, the pastor was speaking to the group. I looked at the man sitting next to me, and he was the man in the dream who was already dead. I looked at the other people in the congregation. They seemed to be the people in the dream who were already dead. I got up immediately, took my purse, went into the restroom, and began praying. And I said, God, I think you are telling me to leave this church. So I'm going to go right now and get in my car and drive away. But if you want me to come back, I'll turn around and come back. God didn't want me to come back. And as I sat among them, it was killing me. And after that, God showed me many scriptures that were contrary to the word of God that they were doing and preaching. Though it seemed to be like God, it wasn't. After that, I attended many churches and I heard pastors saying things that weren't true. One pastor was teaching from John 8 and the woman taken in adultery. And he said, and when she was brought before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. And I was shocked. 
I knew that wasn't in John 8. But I grabbed my Bible, which I had with me, and reread John 8. I looked around the room, and not one person in that congregation did I see not one pick up a Bible to see if what the pastor was teaching was truth. I knew what he was saying was not true, because I knew John 8. The next day I called that pastor. I said, I was in your church service last night when you taught John 8. And when you taught that the woman taken in adultery was naked from the waist up. And I can't find that in the Bible. Would you please tell me where that is? There was a silence, and then he said, Well, I just can't remember where it is in the Bible. And I said to him, Well, it's really important for me to know, so would you please look it up and tell your secretary to call me and tell me where it is? Dead silence. And then he said, with great anger, All right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, that was the point. I was trying to find one. But I wasn't going to go to a church where the pastor was teaching something not in the Bible. Later, I went to another non-denominational church. The pastor was teaching the Sunday school class. And he said, Sarah, Abraham's wife, and Hagar, her servant, were half-sisters. Well, I'd never heard that before. I went home and read all of the passages in Genesis concerning Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. That was not in Genesis. So I called the pastor the next day, and I asked him where that is in the Bible, saying that they are half-sisters. And he said the exact same thing to me that that other pastor said. I can't remember where it is. And I said to him, Will you please look it up? It's very important for me to know this. Will you please look it up and tell your secretary where it is and then have her call me and tell me. And with that, he became very angry. And he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. Both of these pastors said almost exactly the same thing to me. They lied. They knew it wasn't in the Bible when they said, I can't remember. They lied. They knew it wasn't in the Bible. They knew they were teaching something to their congregation which was not in the Bible. Later, God showed me, this is Antichrist in the churches. This is the apostate church of the end times. Uh, if you want to read Second Thessalonians chapter 2 in the New American Standard Bible, 
you will see that they call this the apostate church. Paul calls it the falling away. In the end times, the apostate church would be rampant. And that is what we are seeing today. And Paul said, Jesus can't return until this happens. It's already happened. It's too late. It's already begun. And it's filling church after church after church with doctrine that approves men, doctrine that does not offend men. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. I've never heard that taught at church. And yet Jesus says it in Matthew 5, 32. Why do we not hear these scriptures? Because the pastors want big crowds, the churches want big crowds, more money comes with crowds. You will offend people if you speak certain scriptures. So they don't speak them. And that is the end time apostasy. And if you are sitting among a church like that, and you are there when Jesus comes, you will be destroyed. The only thing you can do is to leave that church group that teaches opposite to a scripture. Just one verse of scripture, if they have changed it and teach opposite to it, that is the end-time apostasy. And you will be destroyed by sitting there. Let's read Matthew 5, 32, as to see what Jesus really said. But I say unto you, says Jesus, that whosoever shall put away his wife, divorce his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. We had a man in our church group who filed divorce papers against his wife. As soon as I heard that, I called him. And I said, was your wife unfaithful? He became very silent and thought about it. And then he said to me, no. And I said to him, the only scriptural reason a man has to divorce his wife is if she is unfaithful. Matthew 5, 32. Apparently he did that, for he withdrew the divorce proceedings from the United States courts. These things are not taught at churches because they would not be popular. So they remove them and don't speak of it. And they approve many sins. Some churches are even approving homosexuals and lesbians. 
Did God approve homosexuals and lesbians? No. Romans chapter 1. Let's start at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. My cleaning woman said to me one time, well, but what what about those on television who say they were just born that way? I didn't have an answer for her. I turned to God, and here's what he gave me. From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. But God turned them over to a reprobate mind to be homosexual and lesbian. Abnormal lust. Mark 10 is where it says God made them from the beginning of creation male and female. And Romans 1 is where it says God turned them over to vile affections. That's the truth from the Bible. I personally do not hate homosexuals or lesbians. I wouldn't go to a picnic with them, but I don't hate them. I know what the Bible says about it. I know God's thinking, and I simply conform my thoughts to the Bible. And when they ask me, as one of them did, do you approve homosexuals and lesbians? Except she said gay and lesbians. 
I call them homosexuals. When she said that to me, do you approve homosexuals and lesbians? I was so shocked. I said, I don't think so. Well, after that, I copied out these scriptures, Romans 1, and other scriptures, and mailed it to her by U.S. mail. I never heard from her after that. If she saw me in the car, she would wave, she would speak. My cousin called me one day, and she said, Oh, I'm so embarrassed. My neighbors invited me to come to a cookout. I wore jeans, blue jeans, and a plaid shirt. And I got there, and it was a wedding. These neighbors were getting married. And I was so embarrassed about the way I was dressed. And she said, these were two men who were getting married. Now, my cousin didn't know anything about Bible. But I said to her, I wouldn't be embarrassed over what I was wearing. I would have fled. You cannot be friends with the world. If you try doing that, you will end up somehow approving them in their sin. Instead, you read Romans 1 to them, showing them God's view and giving them an opportunity to be saved by believing God and what he says and turning from their sin and repenting. God showed me every time I mention homosexual lesbians, be sure to read the passages of Scripture in Romans 1, for that is the power of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.